you would keep our friends here, Lord God. And Lord, we give you the honor and the glory for them and all that you are doing and all that you are. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Bless you, sisters. Blessings on you. Blessings on you. Amen. All right. All right, I, I very well may have forgotten something, but that thing is just going to be forgotten today. Amen? Because we're going to move on. And so our sermon this Sunday for Family Sunday is going to come from Luke chapter 12, verses, verses 13 through 21. And the title is Don't Be Greedy. Everybody say, Don't Be Greedy. Don't be greedy. All right, amen. That's what we're going to talk about today, a pretty famous story that comes from the text. It, um, Kat, how am I sounding? Should I switch? Or is it good? Okay. Um, and, oh, really quick, if you're wondering where Pastor Drew is, um, he is actually camping or hiking through Colorado with our Archbishop, Bishop uh, Foley. Um, you may have heard him talk about he and I being great indoorsmen, right? People who don't do outdoors and camping. Apparently he was lying. Um, Because he's out there in the woods backpacking and camping. And I just want you guys to know that Pastor Mac is no liar. I ain't doing it. Okay, so more pour out to him, pray for him as he's out there doing what he's doing in the woods. But Archbishop or no, or none. Your boy ain't doing it. Okay, I ain't going out there in the woods. It's just not for me. Um, So pray for him. Maybe the Lord is changing his heart and doing a work in him. But it's not one he's done in me. So, amen. So we're coming from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. And the main idea, the thing that I want us to, I'm going to throw you a quick, a quick, uh, a quick um, audible. If you can just go fast forward a few slides, just fast forward to the main idea. It should be in there. Right there. So what I want, if you don't walk away with anything else this Sunday, um, I want you to hear this. And it's very simply put. God calls us to be generous and not greedy. And we're going to talk about the juxtaposition of these two words, okay? Um, Generosity versus being greedy, or a bigger word, covetous, okay? And so we're coming from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. I will read it, and then I'll pray, and then we'll jump in together. And so Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And this is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me, friends. Father, indeed, 
As we've said many times this morning, we are grateful that in you and your kindness, you've thought to bring us to another Sunday. Lord God, that we have strength and health and the wherewithal to be here together with each other, that we've been privileged to sing praises to your name together, that we've been able to hug each other's necks, to be encouraged by each other's presence here this morning. And dear Lord, I pray that even in the preaching of your word that you would further encourage us. Yes, it may be challenging. Yes, indeed, I pray that it would be convicting. But Lord, that it would, he- it would lead to our healing. It would lead to us indeed being in every way the people of God, the men, women, and even children of God that you've called all of us to be. Lord, I do pray that as we have some smaller ears and smaller hearts with us this morning, that with great clarity, your word will be proclaimed. And Father God, with conviction, and Lord God, you would send it forth and it would accomplish, Lord God, exactly what you sent it forth to accomplish in every heart, be it as small, as big, as young, or as old as they are present this morning. Exactly what you sent your word forth to accomplish. May your name be glorified in every way. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise because indeed you and you alone are worthy of all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so on these Family Sundays, what we do is we try to facilitate some engagement between us and the children. And so I'm going to periodically throughout the sermon ask you a question and you guys discuss it amongst yourselves, okay? This is a great opportunity for you to talk with your children, kids, for you to talk with the adults. If you don't have children here or you don't have children near you, this is a great opportunity for you to discuss with your closest neighbor. Amen? All right. And so... We are going to first discuss this question, okay? Take a few minutes to talk, to, sh- to talk about this question among yourselves. Have you ever really wanted something that belonged to someone else? Okay, how did that make you feel that, you didn't, that they had something that you wanted but you could not have? And what did you do about it? Okay, so I want you guys to take, it should be up on, this, on here, I want you guys to take a couple minutes and discuss that amongst yourselves. Go!
Right. All right, guys, if you can kind of bring your conversations to a close. All right. So I want to talk about a misconception or a misunderstanding about the, the, the concept or the, the, the sin of, hey, cat, is, should I switch? It's giving a lot of, it's okay? Okay, so I want to talk about the misconception or the misunderstanding about the word coveting. How many of you guys have heard that word, covet, to covet? All right, I want somebody to just shout it out. What does it mean to covet something? Jealousy, okay. So, very strongly, okay. Wanting something you don't have, that's getting very close to it. Good job, Augustine. Wanting something that someone else has, has, yeah, has is, that's a new word. Yeah, amen, exactly. So here's the thing about coveting. Here's the thing. There actually isn't anything sinful in and of itself of just wanting something that someone else has is, right? Has is. I don't, I, that's not a word, kids. Okay? Thank you. So don't, don't, don't go to school tomorrow and tell the teacher you learned this new word. It's not, it's, I'm messing up. But it's nothing sinful about just wanting something that someone else has, right? Sinfulness comes in when you look at what that person has and you determine that you deserve that more than they do and that you should have it and that they should not, right? That's, that's where the sinfulness of coveting comes in, right? Imagine if you're starving, if you're really hungry and someone has a sandwich and you really want that sandwich, that's not, you're not sinning, you're just really hungry, right? But it's when you determine that that person does not deserve that sandwich as much as you do and, and, and then you start to determine that that sandwich is rightfully yours. Now, what's so dangerous about coveting. You see, because coveting is something that you can keep secret, right? No one knows that you're coveting, right? Only you and God. So what's dangerous about coveting? What's so, what's so insidious, so evil, vile about coveting? Tell me, Augustine. You are breaking one of the Ten Commandments. That is definitely one. What else? Oh, you're not stealing but what does coveting lead to? It leads to stealing. Before you steal from someone, you have to determine that what they have is yours. And so you're going to take it from them. And that's what's so evil or insidious about coveting. It's the determination that what they have is rightfully yours, that you deserve what they have more than they deserve what they have. Amen? Amen. And am I stepping on any toes? How many of you guys have felt that way before? You look at something that somebody had and say, they do not deserve that thing as much as I deserve that thing. And that, uh, amen. And so, there's, some, there's a couple reasons why coveting is so bad on top of the fact that it leads to stealing. The first thing is this, that coveting says to God that what he has given to us is not enough. The second thing that coveting says that's so bad is that it's a sign of more terrible things to come, like stealing, like adultery. And kids, if you want to know what that word means, ask mom and dad when you get home. Amen? 
Well, today, Luke tells us two stories. One is about an argument between two brothers, which leads to another story that Jesus tells in order to warn us about coveting and coveting's close relative. Can anybody tell me who's cousin, who's coveting's close, close relative is? Coveting's cousin. Who is it? Envy? Close. Another word I'm thinking about. Oh, somebody said it. Greed. Greed. And this story warns us about coveting and its cousin, greed. And so Luke tells us that one day a man shouts out to Jesus. He says, teacher, tell my brother to share, to divide the inheritance with me. What's wrong with what this man says? What's wrong off the bat with what he says to Jesus or how he says it? Come on, somebody. Yeah, he demands it. Who said that? Good job, man. He demands it. He commands God. He commands Jesus to do something. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. You are wrong right off the bat when you try and command God. Okay? So if you commanded God to do something, just stop right where you are and realize that you're, starting, you're off to a bad start. And so this man looks to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I command you. Tell my brother to divide this inheritance with me. And Jesus responds. He says, um, man, who has made me an arbiter or another word, a divider between you? Who is who has made me the person that's to divide the stuff that you and your brother are fighting for? Now, here's the interesting thing. We don't know what was behind this inheritance, right? We don't know um, if things had already been divided and this one brother had kind of used his inheritance, used the things that he had gotten in a bad way and so didn't have it anymore. Um, we don't know if the brother had, had stolen the inheritance and wasn't giving to his brother what he's supposed We don't know exactly what happens. What we do know, based on what Jesus says, is that what's behind his desire, his commanding Jesus, is not righteousness and justice. He's not looking for Jesus to set things right. What's behind his desire, his commanding Jesus, is greed, is coveting. And we know that's the case because Jesus goes on to tell this story, and as is Jesus' custom, hear this, brothers and sisters, Jesus does not always deal with the problem that we pose to him. He very often sees beyond that to the problem that we most need solved. So this man presents an issue of inheritance, but Jesus sees right through it and sees that his deeper issue is what? His greed, his covetousness. And so he tells this story. He tells this story. He says that there's a man who is already very wealthy. And I want you to keep that in mind. He's already a very wealthy person. And it says that his land produced a, a huge harvest. Somebody tell me, what is a What is a harvest? What's a harvest? Big and little kids can answer this question. Somebody said it. Crops. Who said that? Crops. Good job, Christina. All right. And what are crops? Like food, like the fruits and vegetables. And in this day, particularly, it was grain. Grain is like wheat, things that you use to make bread. And wheat is very bad, isn't it? We all hate wheat. I have, I have celiac disease. I can't eat gluten. So that's, that's the joke behind that 
behind that statement for you guys. But grain, and grain in these days were, was very, very, very valuable. So to have a lot of grain was the same thing as having a lot of money. And what Jesus tells is that this man who already had a lot of money, had a lot of grain, when his land produced this great harvest, this great production of more grain, he said, wow, I already have so much and I'm about to get so much more. You know what I'll do? I'll, be, I'll build bigger barns and I'll build more storage so that I could have and store even more stuff. I can have even more wealth and even more money than I already have. And then I'll be able to sit back, relax, and eat and drink and just be merry. But then Jesus says, what happens to this man? Somebody said it. He dies. And essentially what he says is that God comes to the man and he says, you, you fool. Today, your soul is required of you. And whose will all of this wealth belong to? Friends, I heard something the other day. This is for the big kids and the little kids alike. I heard something the other day that was pretty, pretty, um, pretty impactful. We talk a lot about what we do with our wealth and the giving away of wealth. And we talk about those stories where Jesus calls people to give their wealth away. And I heard a man say the other day, he says, understand that those texts, those commands to give, all that you have away, it's not just for some of us. It's for all of us. Because every single one of us, one day, will have to give up every single thing we own. One day, God will come to each and every one of us and say, today, your soul is required of you. And then that question will be posed to all of us. Now, whose will your stuff be? To whom will it belong? And so understand, brothers and sisters, that these questions that are asked this man is not just for him, it's for all of us. Where are you storing up your things? That's the question. And so we'll talk about how we can store our stuff up in the proper place. But I want to ask you guys a question first. And this is what I want you guys to talk about this among yourselves. What would have been the better thing for this man who was already pretty rich? What would have been a better thing for him to do with all of his extra grain and all of the extra money that he was making with this harvest? I want you guys to talk amongst yourselves about that. Okay.
Amen. All right. So I want you guys to throw me, throw me out some answers. What would have been a better thing for this man to do with this money, with his grain? Give it away. Exactly. Anybody else have? What you got, Malik? Feed the homeless. Yes, exactly. Anybody else? Give it away. Yes, yes, exactly. A better thing for this man to do would have been to share the extra with those who didn't have. Right? Jesus understands that this man, that this man who asked for him to, who asked for Jesus to, to divide the inheritance between he and his brother, he understands that what's behind this, this asking, this command, is his greed. And here's the thing about greed, okay? Greed never has enough. Right? A greedy person never says when. All right? And here is, brothers and sisters, the cure for greed. Okay? Generosity or giving to others or sharing with others is not just the opposite of being covetous or greedy. It's actually the cure for it. And let me tell you something. There's an assumption, and I think just reading the scripture can lead to this assumption, unfortunately, but there's an assumption that only wealthy people can be greedy. But did you know that you can have very little and still be very greedy? You can have very little and still be very covetous? So whether you have a little or a lot, the cure to the greed and the covetousness that I think we all deal with is to be what? Generous. To share with others. Okay, and so what that means for us, both big kids and little kids, share your toys because we all have toys. Right. Share your food. Share your what? Food. Yeah, I said that one. That's a hard one for me, Elias. I'm not going to lie to you. Anything else we can share? Money, time. Time is a big one. Time is a big one. It is the most valuable resource we have. What else we got? Your phones. A home. I was like, how do you share your phones? How does that work? Yeah, your home, definitely. These are all, you can share your? You can share your heart. Be careful who you share that with, though. Okay? But yes, you can. Amen. That's a, that's a word for a lot of us in here. Be careful who you share in your heart with. Amen. Amen. And here is it, friends. We become rich toward God by giving to and sharing with others. That's how you become rich toward God. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40, Jesus says it this way. He says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so sharing and giving to others, particularly those in need, is how we become rich towards God. And so last question I have for us today is, what can you do today to be rich toward God? And I don't want you to shout this out. You may not get it right away, but just think about it. What can you do today to be a little bit more wealthy toward God? And Rachel, if you can come on up. Oh, there she is back there. If you can come on up. It doesn't have to be something that you literally give away. It could be something that you lend, something that you share, um, you know, your toys. Um, kids, I've learned that um, the time you spend on the swing is extremely valuable. 
and one thing you can do is shorten up the time you have on the swing so that someone else can swing on it. I learned this a hard way. Uh, There's a lot of conflict that happens when you don't share the swing. So share the swing, right? That's one way to do it. So think about it. What can you do to be rich toward God today? And as we prepare for communion this morning, um, it's important for us to see that Jesus, whereas this man is the epitome of greed, Jesus is for us the epitome of generosity. Whereas this man decided to store up, hoard all that he can to keep for himself and ultimately lost everything, Jesus gave up everything, even his very life, so that he can have us to himself. And friends, that is the epitome of, that is the heart, that is the core of the gospel. That Jesus has given all so that he could have us. And as we turn our hearts and our minds to communion this morning, which is, it'll be a a broken, gluten-free cracker, dipped in grape juice. What we are doing is proclaiming that very thing. That Jesus in his broken body and his bloodshed has given up all for us so that he could have us back to himself. Amen? And so... I want you to think about that as you take of this communion, as you wrestle with greed, we all do. As you wrestle with covetousness, we all do. Think about the fact that Jesus has given up all for you. And how can you be more like him in your life? How can we give? How can we share? How can we lend to be more like he is. Maybe you're here this morning and that's the first time you've ever heard something like this. And I just want to, I want to spell it out to you very clearly, okay? This is how it goes, all right? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he came down and he lived the life that we did not live but should have lived. And then he died the death upon a cross that we should have died. And then he rose from a grave on the third day. So that as he lives forever, we too who believe in him can have eternal life and live forever with him. And so if you've never heard the gospel, that's it in a nutshell. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. All the, all the cute things, the jokes, the nice suits, all of that. Whatever. That's what it's about. And if you've never heard that, if you've never trusted that before, you are welcome to do that this morning. That Jesus has come lived, died, and is resurrected to eternal life so that we indeed could have life, be forgiven for sin, and be with him. And so I'll pray, and then we will turn to a moment of confession. And what happens in confession is that it's an opportunity for us to do just that, to confess sin, to acknowledge to God that, hey, God, I haven't gotten this all right. I've done some things that I'm sure you're not pleased with. And I'm just praying that you'll forgive me. And once you do that and we turn to communion, I want you to realize that indeed God has forgiven you this morning. Okay? So I'll pray and then we'll go right into that moment of confession. Dear Lord, I do thank you so much for this family Sunday. I thank you for my friends and the opportunity to worship and chat together about 
about the things that you're teaching us. And I do pray, Lord, that if there be any greed or covetousness in any of us that is not checked, that you would help us and that you would help us to overcome it. Oh, Lord, through the gifts you've given us, generosity, kindness, sharing, lending. And Lord, you indeed help us that when we leave this place, we would indeed be rich towards you. Rich towards you. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we turn our hearts and our minds, I want all of us to take a moment to silently confess sin to our God. And then we will pray the prayer of confession out loud together.